Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, welcome back. To the 100th and first episode of the Rich Hills Golf Show podcast, everybody. How are you, mate? Good. Are you still... We recorded... <laughs> We're recording this only a few days after the live show that we did for 100th. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it for you? Yeah, it was. Well, this is the thing. So we did the live one on Saturday, the 9th of October. On the Monday, we then had a short intro before the episode came out. So we kind of very, very briefly said it was really good, blah, blah, blah. It's now Thursday the 14th for us, and this episode will be out on Tuesday the 19th. Yeah. I'm just about coming back down to earth. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Thanks to everyone that attended. We managed to sell out the Lowry Theatre. Um got to meet loads of fans. We, we felt like we put a decent show on. The reception's been amazing. Um, we'd said... In the last podcast, it wasn't filmed. Mm. We actually kind of filmed it, but I didn't want to make any promises because it wasn't properly filmed. Yeah, it was like, a, I, didn't th- I don't think I knew until we came back here that it had been filmed. I didn't think the quality was great, but people seemed to still really enjoy it. It was almost more like a fan was filming it. It was. It was like, do you ever remember when... Um, In the film, Yeah, films quite illegally on like blu-ray and it'd be some random guy on the camera and your head's bobbing up to the toilet it was like that it was a bit like that yeah um but yeah and then uh matt our guy behind the camera today put an absolutely incredible uh behind the scenes video on which you've not seen definitely check it out because it is very very good so well done to harry and matt for producing that piece of content it was good and i think what was also really nice was Obviously, it was kind of a weird one because it was a hundredth episode. We have obviously, thankfully, have so many fans and listeners across the world that we knew that only a small percentage could come to the live show. So it was a weird one where it was like we had like a split priority. It was like we want to make the show as good as possible. People have paid and come to watch it, of course. But also, so many amazing people who love and listen to the podcast who obviously can't come for so many different reasons. So we want that actual podcast to still be good. I thought the show went so well that it wasn't going to work as an audio podcast and a video. I just thought it was, like, well, certainly as an audio podcast, but actually it has gone down well, thankfully. Yeah. And people seem to have loved it. Yeah, so thank you for all your support, as always. Thanks for listening, watching, coming to the Lowry Theatre. And not saying never we'll do a live show, but there might be future ones down the line. I can't get your vibe on this yet. 
Like I would do a live one again know. tomorrow. I don't know my vibe on this. I feel yet. like you're not that. In, you loved it. I know you absolutely loved it, but I feel like at the minute you're not sure if you do it again. Um, Talk to me. It's probably a bit like getting married. It's yeah. an amazing one of experience. <laughs> what I want to do it again and again and again. I mean, maybe a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Three. <laughs> If I get married three times, that's fine. I feel like you are due another wife in like 65 to like 18. <laughs> Claire, don't listen to that. Yeah, do not listen to this. Um, but I feel like it was such a... It almost went so well, I don't want to ruin it. True, but I also spoke to somebody afterwards and they said, if you did do it again, like a little tour or a couple of them, you wouldn't necessarily make them all actual podcasts to be like yeah. standalone shows. Yeah. So in theory, could do similar material for one better word yeah on separate ones yeah definitely but the whole experience i really enjoyed i was nervous in the build-up about 10 15 minutes before i was i was really nervous and i didn't purposely didn't look out on the crowd there were there was we actually sold about 470 tickets to the show which is amazing there was a few empty seats just because people either fell ill or couldn't make it for whatever reason so it was probably about whenever i don't know if we did a head count there's probably about 450 there on the night uh, yeah, I feel like this is a quick math. It's probably ten percent didn't show up roughly. Oh, so maybe four. So yeah, maybe not exactly that, but yeah. that's what it looked like. So maybe four hundred and thirty people came, yeah. and I purposely did not look out on the crowd until literally John Robbins did that great announcement, the left dash of Pro v, left <laughs> dash Pro V one of YouTube golf, and then you and me jumped on. And I was like, oh wow, like there's people. Yes. People have shown up. Um, yeah. So oh, you know what. I would. I reckon I could promise one thing. I would do that again every fifty shows. Okay, because that's roughly every year. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So next year, everybody. Um, good. You were good. You Thank were you. really good. You were really considering good. Considering your you kind of <laughs> thanks. No, no. <laughs> um, considering, I mean, I've done a little bit of kind of live performance. Uh, you know, I got an A star in drama. You know, I'm no, I'm no, no stranger to theatre and stage um but kind of for you it was your real first time properly properly in front of people it wasn't it wasn't because i've done like i said did, done stuff in my old job in front of people but <laughs> people have seen you before yeah um but what was i said this to somebody the other day somebody rang me and they were at some random topic they were at, i was chatting to them and they said how did it go i said i was a little bit nervous but not as nervous as people think i should be which is weird but as i said this to you before as well i weirdly get more nervous in weirder situations. So, for example, if I walked into a pro shop of a golf club I've never played before and there was a head pro or, like, three young assistant pros all chatting together behind the counter and, like, they don't really give you that... So Normally, they should stop and say, hi, you OK there? But sometimes they kind of don't. I would feel more nervous walking up to Till and saying, um, I've got a tea time at whatever. Or, like, if I went into a shop and bought something and went out and looked at the receipt, I was like, I've been overcharged or charged twice. I feel, like, nervous going back into the oh, shop really? yeah like weird situations like that See, i relish those opportunities yeah i bet you then you've never i don't think anyone's ever done this had your hair cut and then not been out said oh i don't really like that when they show you the mirror at the back of your head you always say yeah it's good that mate if i'm honest even because we did a little scene behind the behind we did a behind the scenes vlog and we both got our hair cut mm -hmm. the day the day before and uh the guy said i'll, I'll show you the back i was like don't worry i'm gonna but, say it's fine regardless what am i gonna do yeah but but that's almost like as long as you've not written friggin' a horrible word in the back of my head, yeah, I think it's all right. But it's, yeah, everyone gets nervous in different situations. Yeah, I think the big thing for us is everybody that came to the podcast, or pretty much everybody, were obviously fans of the podcast. Yeah. So, and also they had no expectation. Weirdly, that I might be more nervous if we do do it again because yes. the first one went so well. Yeah. I'd be thinking we've got to do a good job here. Yeah. 
So either way, thank you so much. We won't harp on about it too much more, but uh, I, I felt like the hundredth episode, considering all the all the way, kind of the journey of the podcast mm. to be able to sit there in front of fans at Lowry was a really nice tip of the heart to the hundredth episode. Yes. So 101. Yes. Well, other news what is, today? well, so if you remember, well, people will remember, you obviously remember because we've been doing this today. We are on the hunt for a new actual podcast producer. Yes. So we have shortlisted it now. And we there's have. some very, very good candidates. Um, so maybe, maybe not for the next podcast, but I reckon in the next three or four podcasts, we may well have this new producer on board. And that will, for the listener, that will basically will just mean the podcast should sound even better. Yeah. We should have more clips from the podcast so if you like watching this on youtube or you like watching a little short clips there'll be more of them we'll actually be more active on the social media so we have an instagram account i bet a lot of people don't even know no. literally called at the rick shields golf show I think there's about forty-five thousand followers on there and it's not only really a plug at the minute we don't put a lot on there let's yeah, be honest Forty-five thousand followers. we will be putting a lot more little short like bingeable clips or like <laughs> you know as well this is a weird one but you know when sometimes you like a podcast or like a TV program and you tell a friend and yeah. you kind of go, oh, I might try it when I get a chance. And you're like, no, you really enjoy it, try it. I think if we can develop some short form content that people go, oh, you should listen to this Rick Shields podcast, it's quite good. Yeah. Oh, I've not. Got... And then they send a little two minute clip or minute clip yeah, that's quite a funny. Teaser. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, I'll give that. So it's like little bits of just short form stuff. So that's what this new person will do as well. And you know what? We've probably not done this for a long time. We did when we kind of first started off. Don't be shy if you know friends who are into golf and don't listen to podcasts. Recommend it. Yeah. Like, pass the pod, as yeah. Peter Crouch says. Do it, uh, yeah, make sure you do it. In fact, with force. Definitely do it. What I sometimes do is, I, I should get, probably get done for this, but when I'm walking down the street, I can grab people by the throat and listen to the Rich Shields Golf Show podcast and subscribe and rate it 5,000 Apple. Wow. Like that. So You can go that extreme if you... That's if, what I do. If viewers want and to. To this day, I've never been caught. So. <laughs> it's because he wears a ferret mask. <laughs> <laughs> um... So what what we're covering today? So today, it, I'll be honest. Now is a chilled out vibe. As okay. we said, it's so it's so close to live podcast, um, but sometimes the chilled out vibes are the best ones. Speaking of upcoming podcast, though, you have had um, a DM. I think it was today off somebody a about WhatsApp. a what? Oh, even better, a WhatsApp off a player manager of one of the most famous golfers in the world. Correct. Who wants? To, it sounds like they want to come on the podcast. They, they explain. want to come on the podcast. Yeah, I won't. I won't. Yeah, Say no. names yet, just in case it doesn't come off. But a player's manager has asked if his player can come actively come on the podcast. That's outrageous. Um, he talked about doing it remotely first. I don't know if that gives any hints. But then he also talked about either doing it here in the studio, which yeah. would be amazing, or at the player's house. Either one of those I'm happy with. I said that. I said yes to both. Yeah. Um, also, literally, as we sat here, I've just had another text off another potential guest. Can I... Who, show me who is <laughs> show me who is back in the country for two dates that we could look for can you see it here all right yeah i nice. think that'd be a really yeah. interesting podcast um but anyway that was a long answer to your question it's a bit of a chilled out vibe today uh we've got loads of good facebook questions we've got a really nice dear rick i've got a couple of little dear ricks actually and the the big news that i've not i mean again this is coming out in a couple of days so this might be old news by the time this comes out but you said to me this morning, I hadn't known about this, but there's rumours circulating that Tiger Woods is getting ready to come back. Allow me. Saturday, <laughs> when we were doing our big live show, social media was going AWOL because there was a picture of Tiger Woods stood behind his son, Charlie, as Charlie was hitting shots and Tiger was stood behind with a golf club in his hand. Okay? I did see that one, yes. Kind of quite coach vibe. Yeah. 
Now, his cast has been taken off, and he just has basically what looks like a bandage. I'm sure that it's more than a bandage, but it looks like a bandage. So rumours naturally started flying around about, is Tiger going to be coming back? Is he playing? Is he hitting balls? Well, at the moment, I believe it or not, he's not hit, hitting golf balls, mm-hmm. as far as Tiger's told me. <laughs> but a quote via People's Magazine, mm-hmm. so don't take this how you wish, this is what it says. Tiger has made a remarkable recovery in the past few months, but is even more significant lately. It's like every day he can do more. He can handle more. The pain is less. He feels better. Carries on to say, he knows when he wants to return uh, and he's going to make it happen. He says, even if he's not 100%, he knows how important it is to get back out there and compete that is that's his goal wow two dates bring to mind masters so that would be april 2022 150th open championship at st andrews either one i would absolutely adore (laughs) i feel this time round his return is even more monumentous than than the last time he came back yes because that was was that around about 2018 when he first he played in his own golf event if you remember yes and he was a bit was only shanking chips and stuff he was duffing chips and very relatable (laughs) and um fast forward two years he goes and wins the masters well it wasn't even it was april 19 when the masters so it was like six months after was it not no so it must have been earlier than that then i might have it it was april 19 when the Masters. 2019 Um, it was definitely it was it was or was it it was yeah it was so I actually think that timeline might have gone a little bit further forward, actually, or back, should I say. Because Tiger played in the Masters when I was there in 2018. Oh, okay. So I reckon he probably started his return 2017, back end of 2017. But anyway, long story short, after his car crash, it sounds like there's a potential we may see Tiger Woods again. Question for you then. I am a huge Tiger Woods fan, as you know. Um, he's undoubtedly... My favourite golfer ever. Yeah. And in my opinion, is the greatest of all time. Yeah. The GOAT. A dream situation would be returns for the April Masters or, I mean, probably more realistically is the Open at the 150 Fitz St Andrews. I think that would just be electric if he came back for that. And imagine if he won it. Like, let's not get carried away. <laughs> but realistically, though, I know we can never rule out Tiger Woods and I never would do. He he can do the unthinkable as he's proven many, many times. But let's just say he does come back. So two questions. How realistic is it, in your opinion, he'll come back and win again? And secondly, if he does come back, which let's be honest, he probably will with what he's saying at the moment. If he comes back but kind of goes miscut, tied 50th, 40th, whatever, miscut, top 10, miscut, miss, would you kind of sell for that or would you almost rather it? I don't want his career to be ended, obviously, but you almost remember it at his absolute peak. No, I, I would 100% be more interested in golf if he's in the field, I think almost regardless, just because there'll always be something that he does that's different to other players. Like a shot out of bunker or something. Yeah, you know, he may return next year and he may alter his swing to allow for his leg or his hip or his back or whatever else is kind of his problem at the, at the time. And he might have changed his swing and he might not hit it as far, or might, whatever it may be. But there still will be magic moments. Like yeah. I want to see him in a Sunday, in red. I want to see him fist pumping a, a putt. For whatever reason, I'm not sure why that is. I, I, will he win again? 
I'll never say no because. Oh, can you? Well, first off, we learned that lesson last time. Do you remember when he first came back and the same question was flying around? Yeah. And a lot of people said, no, he's past it, he's over, he's done. You make the highlight real then if you say that, don't you? Well, he warned, do you remember? Yeah. And every clip that got that was found that people were saying, no, he's never going to win again, he's done, was dragged up out of the dirt and put in a highlight reel and said, well, do you want to get yours, that camera now, so he's <laughs> going to win and then we can use it and I'll do mine after you. So this is the date. 14th of October, 2021. I believe, <laughs> with, with Air Jordan on my, on my chest, I believe Tiger Woods will win again. Very nice. Matt, come to me. It's the 14th of October, 2021. Tiger Woods will dominate again, and he will win the Open at St. Andrews, the 150th Open. Mark my words. Wow. If he doesn't win, delete it. No one will know I've said it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. It's kind of it's not there, it? Um, but yeah, it, it's exciting. It's the first bit of kind of good news we've heard from the Tiger camp. How reliable it is, I'm not sure yet, but it was nice sign seeing him out there, um, at least stood up, at least walking around, at least just holding a golf yeah. club. Um, obviously, the unthinkable, we thought the unthinkable when he had that car crash, like, is he going to survive? Mm. Is he going to walk again? Is he, is he going to be able to do anything again? So the fact that he's at the stage he's at now is remarkable. Where he goes from here, who knows? It's Tiger Woods. Question then. It says in this, because I've got the article up now that he was reading, it says, uh, quote, he says that even if he's not 100%, he knows how important it is to get back out there and compete. I think Tiger can win, not 100%, or he always could. Yeah. I imagine he probably, at 90%, could still do very, very well. Do you believe that, though? Do you honestly think, knowing how competitive Tiger is? I mean, it could go either way. He's so competitive, he wants to get out there regardless if he is on one leg. But do, do you think he will come back if he's not actually at his best. Yeah, I do. He's done it so many times yeah. before. Like, even again, that first time he came back, he, he, he's going to have that slightly awkward situation again, I would guess, where when he first comes back, he might not be great. He might be duffing chips. He might be out of sync, out of competitive edge. Yeah. But it doesn't take long to, to warm him up. Yeah. To get the Tiger juices flowing and just to get him... Like I say... Who knows? It just makes me excited. The poss- even just the possibility, the dream. Even if it takes five years, I don't care. If he thinks he's going to come back, that's all I need to know. I'm going to give you a ultimatum here now. It's a tough one. Okay. Again, I hope and pray Tiger gets back to full recovery and wins countless events on tour. But what would you rather have? He plays in the 150th, or yeah. kind of bows out there and says, look, I've tried. and Or... He kind of doesn't play 150, comes back towards the back in the next year, plays three events, three misses, three miss cuts, and then kind of bows out. Oh. But you've got that hope. That's, do you know what I mean? You've got that hope that, oh, maybe he'll... Oh. I want to see him at 150. So, because I've, obviously, hopefully, we're going, and I want to see him in the flesh at yeah. 150. What, what, again, just in case we missed the guys talking about the 150th open. And it's at it's, St. Andrews. It's so... I mean, it's it's huge. It's one of the biggest... In our generation, until we live to see the 200th Open Championship, which hopefully yeah. we will do, this is... This is... This is... Momen, <laughs> I think I might just broke then. This is a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a big deal. I think... I don't. I don't I think know. he'll be I there. I think I he'll be there. And no, it's a silly question. I think he'll be there, and I hope he goes. On. I mean, it's a good course for him to be at. Yeah, he can spray it. Yeah, it can. It's going to hopefully be bouncy. 
So he's going to get, even if he's only in two irons, he'll get it round there. I just want to see him play. I just want to see I him play. Even, I don't even mind whatever he does. Whatever. Yeah. Um, another thing as well, quickly, I don't, you know, like, I've not really read a newspaper for years, or really ever massively, but you know, like, sometimes a newspaper, they'll get something wrong, and then a few weeks later, they'll put like an asterisk in and say, oh, we got something wrong, and this is going to readdress yeah. it. We haven't got anything wrong, but one thing we've had a few comments on in our Facebook group, so again, quick plug on that. It's um, Facebook, search bar, the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. It's a group, join it, share stuff. Quite a lot of people a couple of weeks ago were saying, why haven't mentioned the Ryder Cup? Now, the Ryder Cup literally has been and gone now, and Europe lost. Some people understood understood why. The reason we didn't touch on it was because we had the one with um, Sam, and Sam, Hayden. Sam and Hayden was before it, and then after it, we were it was, it was been and gone really. Yes. No. So we, yeah, we recorded Sam and Hayden before the Ryder Cup. That went we released it after the Tuesday after the Ryder Cup, and then the following week it kind of felt a little bit like the Ryder Cup had yeah. been and gone. Some people, certainly American fans, were saying, "Oh, you've not talked about it because you were gutted you lost." Which address it? Uh, USA absolutely battles. Yep. And. I joked in the Sam and Hayden podcast, kind of going, oh, this time next week, Europe will win. I was kind of saying that with an air of, mm, I'm not actually too sure if they will win this time. Like normally, sometimes we're underdogs, but yeah. sometimes I think we're going to do it. This time, I must admit, looking at that American team, I mean, they, were, they were just phenomenal. And you know what? The player I was absolutely most impressed with, Colin Marikawa. Yeah. I, I just, I love him. I honestly... It swings pure, in it? Since the Open, there's just something really, really nice about him. Like, obviously swings it pure. He hits his irons outrageously good. And you throw him in one of the biggest sporting events in the world. How old is he? Like 22, 23. Mm-hmm. You pair him with DJ and he just dominates. Yeah. I, I just think he's phenomenal. So I really like seeing that. I also th- shout out to almost his kind of counterpart on the European team, Victor Hovland. Yeah. Had him on the podcast a few months ago. He was phenomenal. I don't think he had his best performance, but he didn't look worried or nervous or scared. Like it was, it was so good. I'm slightly worried that Team USA have a ridiculously strong and young team. Yes, like their oldest player is Dustin Johnson. What's that? What is he now? Like, is he like 38? Not or very old. Well, yeah, I think he's about that somewhere in that. And he's. What what is a world ranking two or three in the world? I think so yeah, and he's been t- top ten forever. You look at their oldest player, their most experienced player in the team right now, <laughs> thirty seven, Dustin Johnson, yeah. and he's still absolutely at the prime of his of his career. Mm. Like he has the better chance than anyone than winning the Masters again this year or next year, shall I say? Where you might look at our team, the European team, and our oldest players are Lee Westwood, yeah, Ian Poulter. Um, Shane Lowry, like they're not. No offense, they're not in the in the prime of their career right now. We use them for experience, so it's. I'm I'm just a little bit worried that we've not got the infrastructure infrastructure to come in, the young guns to come in and flood the team with talent. Yeah, I'm just a little bit concerned about that. So I feel like the next few Ryder Cups, they might be a big sway towards the USA. But, again, happy to be proven wrong in two years' time. Cool, that was the Ryder Cup chat that we needed, wasn't it? It's was, <laughs> it was, it, it just silly people said we were upset yeah. so I didn't talk about it. It's the like, USA absolutely battered us. Tonked. Battered us. Yeah. If we'd have had fans there, it might have been a different different who knows do you want to do Rick? <laughs> Let's do it. So this is a kind of similar vibe that we have had before but 
you probably can't remember the answer you gave, so let's hear it again. And also, it's something that makes me laugh a little bit, and I think it's okay. funny. So it's obviously anonymous, this one, and you'll understand why very quickly. As dear Rick, I took up golf at the start of the pandemic with one of my closest friends. We started off at the same ability, both shooting 100 plus on a regular occasions, but mainly just enjoying being out and about under lockdown rules. So makes sense. As the restrictions eased, we both fell more and more in love with the game. We are now both members of two different golf clubs. And while my handicap is sitting in the low teens, he is sitting in the high 20s. So the big yeah. difference there, what yeah, low yeah. teens, 13, 14 versus 26 or whatever, yeah, big yeah. difference. We play together almost every week, and while he arguably has a better swing than I do and can hit the ball much further than me, his poor course management means that he always takes an impossible golf shot and tries to smash everything as hard as he can, which usually results in a lost ball. He can easily get frustrated and often ends up throwing clubs about and generally dampening the mood while we are out on the golf course. He's a really great guy, but I can't help but feel it's impacting my enjoyment on the game of golf and hurting my own development within the sport. I've even found myself occasionally throwing a shot just to keep him in the hole. So he'll like oh miss a put on purpose to keep the match going, just to stop the anger. He keeps blaming his, co- his poor scoring on his golf clubs <laughs> and he's constantly upgrading and changing them at almost monthly and at a great cost. Wow. How do you think I should approach the subject with him about getting a lesson instead of buying new golf clubs without signing patronising? I want to continue playing golf with him, but not at the cost of my own enjoyment. Love the podcast. The live show looked amazing, and we'll definitely be getting tickets to the next one. Awesome. Um, I mean, it sounds a bit like when you and me play golf, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I sometimes throw a few shots to keep you in the mark. Very good. Sometimes catch it a bit out the heel so you can pretend you hit it. It's those duff chips that you do that you really make look really real. You duff a chip three foot, but it looks dead genuine. I just think, how can I really make this authentic? <laughs> you do a good job of it. Um, for me... Anybody that's affecting your enjoyment of the game, you need to get rid of. What, that bold? I I, th- I think so, yeah. So, or, or get rid of the issue. Okay. Maybe not rid of him. <laughs> not finish him off. <laughs> but, but address it's like it. like squid game. Yeah, address, address it, yeah. <laughs> you missed the putt, yeah. you're eliminated. Um, for me, it's, it's this kind of like, if they're going out, because he, he's spending money on membership, green fees, clubs lessons the guy who's, who's obviously wanting to improve and get better and you've got to go around with somebody moody sod who's like miserable and snapping clubs and you know and just because it, his own enjoyment of the game is being hampered by his, almost his own decisions really so a couple of, i would address it i really would I, i'd kind of somewhat make a joke about it you know even if it was even if it was a bit of a so we kind of had this weird incident with matt fryer so Matt was always a really hot-headed golfer, mm-hmm. like through clubs, snap clubs, everything, right? And one time he did it in a video, me, Carter, and Pete, I think we were playing at um, wherever it was. And we ended up calling him the Hulk, like, yeah, and, and and really pushing down on that. And he didn't like it because he didn't want to be known as the angry golfer. He didn't want to be known as the guy who lost his head. And I think since that, in a weird way, whenever then we saw like glimpses of him getting angry, it was like, oh, here we go. Here comes the Hulk. And he didn't want to be that person. So he kind of reined it in. Yeah, so he almost changed it. Obviously, he grew up and he matured and whatever. But that was kind of a, a tactic that I didn't know would work at the time, but it kind of did. So it's either a couple of things, kind of address it early doors and say, hey, you're going to be you're gonna be happy today all the way around. And if he goes, oh, what do you mean? Mm. Well, I only took two holes last time and you were throwing your club. Like, that's not really great enjoyment 
And he goes, all right, I didn't realise, yeah. Well, see if you can get to nine holes this time without throwing your club. And I reckon over that time, that guy who's throwing his clubs, like, oh my God, he's, he's noticed I'm throwing my clubs. I better not throw them. Do you know what I mean? Do you, th- you know what's weird about golf? I suppose like anything, you could have a friend who in most walks of life is a great person. Yeah. But then you go on for a night out with them on drinking and they might, totally handle, yeah, they might handle the ale really badly or get aggressive or get end up being sick in the corner low. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or you could have a friend who's dead nice and then you go and play in football, five aside of them, they start barking and screaming at everybody and get their tense and stuff. So lots of people act differently in different situations, yeah, yeah. don't they? But I think golf, for, for whatever reason, or there's lots of reasons, is one that really highlights it for so many yeah, different, yeah. I like you said, anger, even things, this is more, it's from the beginner, so you can't really blame, but standing in the wrong place, talking over your shot or getting angry. Yeah. Like I had a friend, one of my good mates, who came to the live podcast, actually. He kind of got into golf a little bit during lockdown and he played a bit at the Marriott. And I think we'd seen off at like 10 o'clock on a Sunday and he turned up like five past 10. And obviously we'd used our corporate membership. So I had to tee off, bang on 10 and get going down the hole. He had to like sprint down the first while other people were on the tee. To be fair, that was more that he didn't quite understand with golf. It's not like if you meet. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Each other at the gym, you go yeah. get there for 10 o'clock and yeah. you rock up. Like With golf, you have to be on the tee hitting off at said time, don't you? Yeah. So that's not a massive, massive issue. But if that kept happening, you'd think, well, I'm not playing with him. Or I'm telling him at different times we get here early. But there's lots of opportunities in golf to annoy the people, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there is, definitely. You know, it's almost like, I've going back to your stuff, I'm a really professional pro, who won't name, but really, really nice guy. I used to work with him, really, really nice guy. And he one time invited me to the football at United years ago. He had a season ticket, and I went. And 
few beers before, and he's he stood there, and he normally I've never hear a swear word come out of his mouth. I've never heard effing s- and jeffing so much profanity in my <laughs> life, and I'm, I'm like looking at him, going, "It's the same guy, it's the yeah. same person." Walk out, leave. That was a good match, wasn't it? Like I was Just like, like, "Who, who, who yeah. were you in that ninety minutes when the match was on?" And I think, like, say, golf can bring out a different um, personality in some people. Um, yeah, you've got a nip it in the bud. You know, it's almost a bit if your kids were misbehaving, you've got to you've got to address it, reward them if they if they're nice all the way around. <laughs> so make it on the naughty step on the third green. Yeah, I, I just have to bring it up because I think anyone that's in that's hampering your enjoyment, that's not fair, is it? Really, there's a question we've asked before, and I'm sure we'll get asked again because it's something that annoys people. Got another day, Rick, for you. This one's not quite as thoughtful. It's more yeah. of an equipment one. Um, so it's hi, Rick. First of all, many thanks for all the great videos you do um, for everybody. I recently got back into golf after seven or eight years off, and I'm noticing a lot more people now seem to have a gap wedge or a, and or a lob wedge. I've looked through a lot of your YouTube videos and gained some more knowledge on the wedge comparison videos, etc. But I was wondering if you could talk through the benefits of different lofts and wedges. I've only ever really used a 56 degree and a, and a 48 degree pitching wedge. And wondered how necessary it was for someone like me to spend some additional money on these two extra clubs. So quickly, just on that, I think what I would say, obviously you're going to have your answer, but I also think in that time of seven or eight years away from the game, I feel like people were still using those clubs back then, lob mm. wedges, but what's really changed, and probably where it's kind of getting this from, is how much now brands are doing different grinds, different bounces. It's become such a minefield. It is confusing. And also in that time frame, think about how strong lofted irons have got. Good point. So so wedges have become more paramount, really. Very true. Um, you know, I, I I think if you've got the luxury of, well, obviously everybody's got luxury of having 14 clubs in the bag. Now, the USGA have changed some silly rules recently about length in the, the, limiting the length of the driver shaft to 46 inches. Until they limit how many clubs you can carry, you've got 14 Try and use all 14 clubs. So make sure you've got enough long clubs that are going to get you off the tee. Make sure you've got a wide variety of irons and hybrids or woods that, that fill in all the gaps that you're going to need for distances out on the golf course. And then once you get down to the wedges, ideally you want to be carrying three or four wedges. For me, you've got to take it from your 9-iron loft. Mm-hmm. So let's say your 9-iron loft is 40 degrees, just so yep. it's nice and simple. Ideally then you... You, you could maybe look at five degrees between each club as a rough guide. So if your pitch, if your 9 iron's 40, your pitching wedge would be 45, your gap wedge would be 50, sand wedge would be 55, and then lob wedge would be 60. And is that important for every level every level of ability? Or do you think, like, is I, a 20, 28 handicap and need that many wedges? I, or? I certainly think, I, I genuinely think everyone should carry a lob wedge. Yeah, no, I agree. As much as I don't believe everybody should use a lob wedge all the time, yeah. It's a club you just have to have in your bag. Yeah, like there's gonna be at least one shot around, isn't there? There's, got, there's gonna be. There's gonna be a time when you've got to lob it over a bunker, or you've got to get it over trouble, or whatever it may be. A lob wedge is paramount to have in your bag. Probably the one way you could look past it, you could then fill that gap between pitching, pitching wedge and um, sand wedge. Yeah, if you're gonna go lob wedge. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would probably say if you've got room, try and have four wedges. Yeah. Um, you can kind of do it with two if you went pitching wedge at 46 degrees. You could go 52 and 58. I don't mind that. That kind of works. Mm. Um, just so you've got enough variety down yeah. at that bottom end. I always did this experiment. So, for example, for you, right? How far do you hit your driver? 400 yards. <laughs> no, about 280 carry. Roughly the same as you in it. So Let's say it's 280, okay? How far do you hit your pitching wedge? Um, oh, we'll go 9-9. How far do you hit your 9-9? About 140. 
So from 280 to 140, that's 140 yards, yeah. correct? Yeah. You've got nine iron, eight iron, seven, six, five, four, three iron? Yeah. Three iron, three wood. And a two iron as well. Oh, no, I've got, no, sorry, I've got no three iron, but a two iron now. So two iron, three wood, yeah. driver. Yeah. So from 280 yards down to 140 yards, you carry nine clubs. Yeah. Okay. Excluding the putter, from 140 yards then, how many clubs do you carry? Got 52. Pitching wedge. Uh, pitching wedge, sorry, yeah. 52, 56, 60. You've only got four. Yeah. So I think that's something that people need to remember. Like True. A lot of bags are very top-heavy loaded. And, and you're, you're, you're kind of ticking the boxes. You're yeah, doing yeah. right, but there's so many golfers. You might have two clubs there, yeah. Correct. A wedge in a, yeah. That makes sense. Correct. So... Work out how far you hit your nine iron, how far you hit your driver, how many clubs, how many clubs cover that range, and then from how far you hit your pitching wedge down, how many clubs. As much as th- yeah, that makes perfect sense, and I-, I would agree with everything you've said there. I would say though, in this last five years, certainly three, four, five years, golf brands have become a lot more pushing bounce and massively and um, Grind. grinds, etc. And I- and I wonder for for tour pros, it's obviously so important, and for elite amateur potentially i do wonder how much all that makes a difference for the absolute average golfer personally yeah but i'd be willing to be proved wrong it, i mean if you go on like voking i use Vokey, so i think the good wedges i think you've got in the yeah, bag yeah. as well now it's so confusing their website now and you could say well that doesn't matter go and get your fit in but then you can't really get anywhere fitted for wedges perfectly i don't no. know where you could go other than maybe titleist yeah so a lot of consumers are going to just pick them themselves yeah. and it is a minefield oh, it's so confusing so many wedges so many wedges um, I was going to bring something up then. What was it? That's annoying me. Can't remember what it was. I've got another question for these. I've got loads on Facebook as well. Okay. So if I have a question, Dave, obviously they always go off on a bit of a tangent, but this one's quite a good one. It's a bit weird. It's from Phil Kilpatrick. He said, we see many people now use castle tees, certainly the pink ones, don't yeah, we, yeah. all over the place. However, I don't think I've ever seen a pro use them. Is there a reason for this? As many um, of us look up to pros and try to replicate them doing certain things, I often use castle tees, but wonder is the reason that I should not, and I'm a seven handicapper. I honestly think castle tees out on tour is a bit like a tour pro wearing a black glove. Mm, just you just don't see it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. You just don't see it. Pink castle tees are perfect, aren't they? Yeah, and I quite like orange. They're tall. Yeah, a little bit taller. Yeah, I feel like pink have shrunk over the years, or driver face drivers have got, got bigger. bigger. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it is just solely um, they're professional image so to speak i'm trying to think of another example what a, what a pro would do like all pros wear a cap yeah they all wear a white they all glove. take the glove off and put in pretty much yeah they all wear they all use wooden tees yeah it is I, a weird i know it's a bit <laughs> quite boring about tees but equally like the pink ones or whatever color you get certainly for like a high handicap you're getting the same consistent tee yeah i like every, every time aren't you they don't snap you can easily find them easily yeah, I've got no no problem with them at all. But I wouldn't use one. No. Would you use one? Probably not. If I if it's literally the only thing I've got in my bag, I'd use it, not a problem. But I wouldn't go I wouldn't go and buy castle tees. No, I wouldn't. So that's saying something. The almost answer is you don't know, but Is it because tour players don't do it? Probably is. Like why do you put a glove in your back pocket? Because tour pros do. That's what I mean. Why do you wear a white glove? Because yeah. you do. Why do you wear a cap because because tour pros do? Yeah. So I think it's just filtered from there, really. And also, like you think there's always people of any age starting the game. So you do what your friends do, or you do what the better players at the golf yeah. club do, or like you said, the tour pros. So it's all mad, isn't it? It's just all fashion. I've got a topic I want to talk about. Okay. 
and he normally does pretty well on our podcast. And I feel like he's done a lot and we've not spoke about him much. Bryson. Yeah. What what I can't quite get my head around. I I want to love him one hundred percent. Yeah. And I I almost do. I'm I'm I think I'm right now maybe ninety five percent in love with him. That's that's good. If you pulled your phone out your pocket and ninety five percent charge, you'd be happy with that, wouldn't you? You know what the five percent missing is? Go on. Just don't shout for. Oh. <laughs> if you if you did that, he's a hundred percent. Because everything else he's doing, I'm a huge fan of. Mm. Social media, long drive, winning comps. Rad- he was he was class in the Ryder Cup. I mean, as much as from a European, he was a bloody annoying because he was so good. He was he was so good. Really got with the crowd, hugging Brooks Kepka. I mean, they've got a big match coming up. Yeah, which I'm not that bothered about. Uh, yeah, so so. It's twelve holes. Is it? Yeah, it's around the minute. Probably to get more non-golfers watching it, make it faster paced, I guess. The only thing I'm actually really looking forward to is at the Wynn Golf Course, which the Wynn should have been shut down. They were going to build a hotel on the Wynn oh. Golf Course. Um, it's on the Strip, where Wynn Hotel is, is in, Las Vegas, Vegas, yeah. in Las Vegas. The Wynn Hotel, the major hotel. Right behind the Wynn Hotel is this golf course, fountain on the 18th. It looks outrageous. I've been to Vegas twice, and both times it was, like, closed down. All right. Like sh- I know I've been to Vegas three times. It was, like, proper shut down as if it had been bought and going to be turning into a, a hotel. It sounds like it's back up and running again, which is a golf course I'd love to play, by the way. Um, so what was the question, then? There's no real question. It was just a topic. All right, okay. Um, for me, like, he's doing, he's doing so many, like, interesting things. Like, and it's only the, the four thing that's kind of... It's just, yeah, it's just that little kind of... Ah, it, yeah, I know what you mean. Little niggle but that's just kind of... Where do you draw the line? Like, you could say Tiger was the best golfer of a generation, but then he's things he did in his personal life, which are obviously... I know, but personal life's different, and it's Tiger. Yeah, but so you're like, yeah exactly, but that's because <laughs> you're glossing over because of what he did. If Tiger Woods did all those things, admittedly it wouldn't have been a bigger story. And again, I'm not hitting on Tiger Woods, he's my idol. If Tiger Woods was a kind of run-of-the-mill PJ Tour player, if you like, I won't name a name, but just a random guy who keeps his card and wins occasionally and, you know, big name, whatever, but not Tiger Woods, that might be enough to almost make people really go off them. Yeah. You know, look at, like, Patrick Reed. A lot of people have gone off him for different reasons. But, yeah, if somebody else did some of those things, he might not. I don't yeah, know. I know what you mean. So it's kind of like, yeah, I, I think the fourth thing, the reason why you probably feel so strongly about it, and we brought up a few times, is because it is one of the kind of fundamental things that you would teach a child playing golf, don't you? They yeah. hit the ball towards somebody else, you shout four. It's just that silly thing, like, and, I, and I, I have heard him shout it. He does shout it, just not all the time. And to be honest, it's not only him. There are other yeah. tour players. There are, But I don't think there's any other tour players that I want to love as much as Bryson, because... Everything else, like I say, he's doing. I'm fascinated about this long drive. Yeah, like I watched clips of it. Fact, it's come eighth or something. Yes, something like that. I and mean, that is ridiculous. In the World Long Drive Championship, he came eighth. The fact that he, he's got a YouTube channel, he's making cool behind the scenes videos, he's interacting with social. Per- he's like he's done videos with like GM Golf and Good Good Lads mm-hmm. and things like that. He was on Nelk Boys yeah. podcast and Nelk Boys video the other day. I'm like. This guy's freaking. This guy's cool. Yeah. Really, really, really cool and interesting. Um, I, I like him. I'll be honest. I think on that Nelk Boys podcast, it's worth checking out if you've, if you've not listened to it. But he was talking about. Uh, oh, it's actually called the Full Send podcast, but it is the Nelk Boys. He was talking about um, 
the incident with the driver when obviously he said the driver was trash or whatever yes. he said, or it sucked or whatever he said. And he was kind of saying that, I did say that, and it wasn't the best thing to say in hindsight, but I kind of meant that, and whether this was a, a, a story he's made up afterwards or not, I don't know, but I believed him. He said that, you know, I work with Cobra to make so many different drivers for me that the minute that thin face here, thicker there, faster, whatever, and the one on said day sucked or he, was trash. He was talking about that particular that driver. That particular head out of the 15 he's been toying yeah. with over the last couple of weeks. Not the brand, not the model. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, he's, he's still, I was looking at, he's 28 years old, just turned, so he's still a young guy. Yeah. You know, he's got a lot to to learn a guest as, as we all do and he's going to keep evolving I think people are, and maybe this is me just thought maybe people are, are um, really reaching out for golf to have a new icon we are and maybe Bryson is the closest to this icon and we are Maybe me even including this, I think I'm, we almost, I almost want him to be so perfect. I want him to be almost so clean cut and he does everything correctly. And he, and it, and because he has the ability, he has the potential to drive golf into the next generation. He has, you know, to do this stuff on like Nelt Boys and things like that. Like he's putting golf into a completely new space. Would you want clean cut? I want a bit of edge, but like, Still keeping the traditions, personally. I think in the first, I think not shouting for occasionally as bad as it is isn't enough to say he's not clean cut necessarily. Though it's not great and it's frustrating. And if he hits mm. somebody in the head and blinds them, then that's going to have re- repercussions. But I think cutting a little bit of slack with what he's doing, the amount of enjoyment we're getting from him, I think he's had a little bit. People love to cl- jump on him. We've probably jumped on him before yeah, a little yeah. bit. I think maybe possibly wrongly sometimes. I think he's, at the moment, for me anyway, and I can only speak for myself, he's what's keeping me having interest in PJ Tour. Yeah. It's a shame, because I've heard rumours, that Tiger might win this player fund, mm-hmm. which is crazy, because he's not hit a golf shot. It, it's him, Bryson, or Brooks right now. Yeah. And I, I think only Brooks kind of gets involved in that, because he, he kind of likes a bit of a spot. But Bryson definitely deserves... If there's a fund going out, if there's a bonus going out, he deserves a huge chunk of Well, it. that's the thing. Is the PJ Tour basically set up a fund, haven't they? So that the person that gets the most engagement on social media, Google searches, etc., wins this cash prize. Yeah. Cash prize. Tiger's always going to win that, I imagine, yeah. for the next 10 years. He's been playing on it. Yeah, but he's built like himself, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. So it's kind of like, in a way, you think it should be every year, but like you're going to get more YouTube searches for the next six years than someone that starts tomorrow, even if you quit. Yeah. It's just how it goes, isn't yeah. it? Which is, you've built, but you've built that. I think what Bryson's doing, he's doing obviously a lot of behind the scenes stuff and it's really exciting, really engaging and it's, um, I'm a fan. Yeah. If you want to come on the podcast, Bryson, please feel free. It would free. be good to have him on. Yeah, It would. Question for you then. Go on. James Miller has asked us, I've got a three club and a putter comp coming up this weekend. So okay. four clubs in total, but one has to be a putter. Yeah. If you two were playing a similar comp, what would the clubs be you would choose and why? So one has to be a putter. One has to be a putter. So you've got three clubs. Yes. Okay. So I'd go 50... 50, I've mm-hmm. got now. That's what I've got. Sorry, but I said 52 before. I've got 50, yeah. I'd go 58 and three iron. Yeah, very similar. I think I'd go 50, mm. seven, two. Yeah. I just feel like my eight will just help me play. Like, if I'm 130 yards away from the green... I don't think I can hit a soft seven that far. Mate, but then I think I can't hit an eight that hard. Yeah, get see, me. It's, it's, I feel like I could hit an eight 180 yards. If yeah, I to. Get, it sounds daft. Like yeah. I feel like I, I'm much more programmed of get, I can hit one club a 
much longer, but trying to hit it shorter is definitely more challenging. I think that that's the way you've got to you've got to have some loft clearly. If you go in a bunker and you've not got a lofted club, then yeah. you're goosed. That's why you, you need, need the fifty degree. Exactly. You need some level of distance, obviously, to help you get down the hole. And you need something middle of the middle that you can yeah. kind of manipulate, you can grip down, you can grip up, you yeah. can like eight There's seven. no massive point of hitting driver. Because you're not going to no. hit it all the time. Like, your three iron's going to get you yeah. down there. You could do three wood, maybe. A lot of people might want to yeah. go three wood. But depends on how far you hit it. But yeah, good yeah. question. It's a good one from Lucas Chan. Do golf simulators hurt your game? I think this is what I'm going to say. Too much information hurts games. Players. Okay. Hurts players. I think now we live in a world with, so, with launch monitors and simulators and things like that. When there's a lot of information and it's wrongly diagnosed by golfers who might not know what they're looking for, I think that's a really dangerous place we're in right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's launch monitors out, there's mobile launch monitors out that are telling you path numbers, face angle, angle of attack, club head speed, ball speed, launch angle, spin rates. I honestly think to a huge percentage of the golf community, that much information... I think has the potential to make them worse. Yeah. I also think as well, it's the conditions. So, you know what I'd love to do? Right. He couldn't do this, but have two golfers, right? They're literally identical. Yeah. It's the same guy cloned. He's off 18 handicap. For a month, one of them, player A, against the same guy, player A goes to a driving range. Yeah. 50 balls a day with yep. every club. And yep. then at the end of the session, he's got a 10 foot mat that's flat with a hole on he can put two. That's all he does. Every single day, at the end of the month, he then plays around a golf, see if he improves. His clone, player B, goes and plays nine holes every day. So he's yeah. going to probably hit less shots, Yeah, but he's going to play off different lies, bunkers, sand, ball above feet, ball below feet. And at the end, again, of this month, he plays golf and sees what he shoots and actually see the level of difference between just flat range versus actually playing on the golf course. I'd weirdly also give range man a launch monitor... Yeah. Maybe maybe even access to a golf coach to some, some degree. I think that would make a difference. But, yeah, no, not a golf coach. I think if Range Man had a launch monitor and practice on the driving range every day versus man on the golf course every day, person on the golf course is going to win. Is what about without a track man then or anything like or a launch monitor? Still, yeah. yeah. I, I'm almost saying... I'm going to give the range guy even more an advantage. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Or what looks like more an advantage. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I still think the person who goes out on the golf course every day, nine holes, whatever it may be, will massively improve more. It is a way. I think, again, we've said this before, but like launch monitors, they are strange tools because for a custom fitter or for a golf coach, they're so important, Mm. obviously, and the factual. For the average person, they they are. And even for, for me, sometimes they can become a minefield. And again, how many times have you smashed a driver on 18 and you've got a good scorecard going? You don't go, oh, that was 2,800 spin. Yeah. That was down the fairway. Yeah. So, you know you know what I'm actually going to relate it to? An x-ray machine. Okay. For a doctor or a nurse or a dentist, <laughs> an x-ray machine is an incredible tool. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Of course. Like it, say, it tells you where you've, bones or whatever, yeah, yeah. it's broke or whatever. If you gave me an x-ray machine now, you know what you're looking for. Well, I'd scan every single... I, I think that's broke. Yeah. I, no, I think that's broke. I don't... What, I, yeah, is that meant to be there? Is that supposed to be that long? Yeah. Is that supposed <laughs> what to be... She said. <laughs> is that supposed to be this? Is that... Yeah. I, I'd end up using this x-ray on every single bone in my body and questioning every single bone in my body. 
and I'd be going into doctors ten times more, going, yeah. "Is this right? Is, it, is that supposed to be correct? Should I should I try and lengthen that one? Should I try and do something with it?" Like, so I think launch monitors in most golfers' hands, it makes them question too many yeah. things. Personally, you want it simple. You want to know how far you hitting your clubs because that can help you. Like that's why like top tracing that are quite good because you can just yeah. go have it quite simple, play with a friend, and have fun. Yeah, I don't mind clubhead speed. I think that's a, a, yeah. a parameter people can be be allowed to have. Well, can that not get people trying to hit it too hard to try and increase that? And then yeah, potentially I think it can. Um, ball speed and, and carry distance. Yeah, so three. That's all you need. So going on from that, and a bit of a kind of jumping on from that question, Dan Malloy said, "What's the best way to help reduce reduce driver backspin?" I'm getting around four and a half thousand RPM. So that is actually quite a lot of backspin. Yeah, that's consistently. There's two things that will get you backspin: loft, angle of attack. And then equipment, really. So ideally, if you're getting too much spin, you need to lower the loft. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to hit higher on the club face because if you hit lower, even though it comes out lower, it then spins yeah. up because of gear effect. So you need to, you need to be feeling like you're sweeping up on the ball slightly with less loft. Mm -hmm. So you need to change that kind of spin loft, and then look at the equipment. So if you if you've changed your swing and you're still spinning it too much. It's where it comes over to you. Obviously, mm. change loft. Does shaft make massive differences in spin? Not massively. I didn't ever find. But the biggest things for spin really were either the head profile yeah. or the loft. So obviously, yeah. loft is super important. It was roughly around one degree of loft, depending on the golf. Could add three, four, five hundred revolutions of spin. Yeah. But like you'll see now with lots of drivers, they'll do two or three options. They'll have one with the weight very far back, which will typically increase the spin. Let, let's say tie up this line for example. Yeah. The T TSI one versus TSI 4 yeah. are very, very different animals yeah, exactly. when it comes to spin. And like the Ping Max versus LS Tech. So if you go for something with a lower spin in it, like a, a weight more close to the face, that will typically knock the spin down. Um, but yeah, it, it's probably a technique issue because that's quite a lot of spin. Yeah, that, it's a bit it? of technique. It's a bit of... And, and the other last, last thing is make sure when you are testing this on a launch one, so you're testing it with the ball you normally use. Yeah, which again is tough, in it? Because again, imagine a, one of those squishy range balls yeah. on, on a launch monitor. They look like they spin like well, that's crazy. The, and again, it can be inc inconsistent because one can spin like mad. The one's got no dimples, falls out the sky. So it's, it's really hard. It is. I think this is again, though, like we said before, we've gone, Phil, you got... Talking about golf being hard, mm -hmm. talking about Bryson, talking about the podcast that he did with Full Send. Mm. What about that dimple story he was talking about? That was mad. So he was saying, in an absolute perfect world, on a, on a five-foot putt with a perfect stroke, with a sentence of strike, the ball can still miss. If the putter strikes the, the inside or the outside of said dimple it on the golf ball. does make sense. I get it. It's crazy that, isn't it? And he used this analogy, which we tested here in the office. If you drop a golf ball from a high height with, mm -hmm. and it smashes on a concrete floor, it'll bounce up exactly straight. Because the ball compresses like the moment of inertia or whatever. So when the ball hits the ground, the, the, the cover basically squashes. So all those dimples pretty much flatten out to a certain degree. Yeah. But if you drop it from four or five feet, sometimes it can bounce off. Yeah, because it's hit on, the, on a dimple. I found that crazy to think. It does. It makes perfect sense, though, doesn't it? Golf's too hard. It is. Do you remember the original, original Pro V1? And the seam used to go around the right, ball. Yeah. And used to put the two together. Up, yeah. And you line it up. And that seam never had a dimple on. No, it didn't. So you could, you could potentially put something like that. Yeah. That's mad, that, isn't it? Um, and then just before we finish this, I don't know how long we're in, but I think today... I thought we are just going like, to... No, no, this. Like... So this is a bit of a frustrating... So people who are at the live podcast will know all about this. This is... Um, I've got a trophy in my hands. If you listen to this, I'm sorry, uh, but maybe clip over to the uh, YouTube video and, and see it there. I've got a trophy. It is 
like a glass. What would you class it as? It's almost like um, got a golf ball on top, basically. On top of that is a ball cutter that's glued on that I won at the live show for beating you in chopping open golf balls. You did, well done. So you did six in about, we did, you did half dozen seconds. in I was like late 40s, which I feel like was a bit dodgy because I thought you were quicker than me, but I'll accept it. The plan was... Do we need to look back at the footage? No, the footage was right. It just felt like you looked a lot smoother, but I had a really panicky start. But I went in this route, someone, you know CrossFit, the sport where they lift all weights, I heard someone once say, slow is steady and steady is fast. And it kind of, if you do something slow, but steady, often steady ends up being quicker than flapping about. You said I looked more slow and now you looked steady. you looked faster. Oh, right. So okay. that's why I was thinking, but you might not have been getting it. Do you see what I mean? A lot more flapping. It's like if we were trying to saw this tail in half with a saw, and I was going, because I can't know how to saw, but then somebody was doing it dead smoothly. We'll it looks a lot slower, yeah. but it's be- getting better strokes. Well done. So yeah, that doesn't annoyingly doesn't fit on the, the um, shelf behind us, so leave it there for now. and then. Good we'll, ad- it was a good idea. It was a very good idea. It was a very uh, really good. And then the other thing is, this, this table... Has had, destroyed. Has had as an adventure this week. Really has. This table has been through more in this last week than we have in all our lives. Got tail to tell. So we got this taken out of the studio and we got it taken to the Lowry and it really, real good centrepiece. It Gave was. us some security. It did. And a couple of days later, we tried to get it back into the studio and it's taken a few days. It's back here now. It literally landed via aircraft. <laughs> Just, we took the roof off and dropped it in. It landed back in, in the last half an hour before we did the podcast and it is absolutely battered. I like that though, in a way. It's got bruises, scratches, dints, everything. Um, we'll have it rectified by next podcast. Yes, I want. I want it. I want it spick and spam again. Yeah. Um, and then probably last thing, right before we wrap up. Try not to do this every week, but I'll do it again. Um, if you listen on Apple and you want to rate us, please give us five stars. Why not? And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button below. Why not? Do what you need to do. I would if I was watching this. I will, in fact. I don't know if I would. Why would you not? Well, I just don't Give like me three it. reasons why you wouldn't like it. I can't be bothered scrolling down to the like button. It's right, but you don't have to scroll for like buttons. That's false. I feel like then it goes into my liked playlist. Yeah, which is good. So you can listen back to it in future days. And then I just feel like I don't like it when it's an odd number. So let's say the like was already on a like even number. I wouldn't like to then flip it to 101. Okay. There's three reasons. I mean, they're just my... Re- Listen, you people watching and listening <laughs> should definitely like. <laughs> All that time we told people to like it. Yeah, don't unsubscribe if you want. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. Please don't. That subscribing is really good. <laughs> no, but honestly, if you do want to like, do. No, please do, yeah. Feels <laughs> is that weird point in the show now we start to kind of talk in gibberish? You just wrap it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.